Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Double Agents, Episode 11. My name is Alan Aguirre, and here are my lovely co-hosts. We have first the lovely Southern gentleman, Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? And the lovely Canadian, Nikki Sin. Hello. So we just got done with Episode 11, and like all of you, you're probably upset that there was a to-be-continued to end this episode. Despite that, I personally really enjoyed the episode. Luke, Nikki, how are you guys feeling? I loved it. I'm sorry. I loved the whole episode. I thought it was so good. We yeah, got and bits I, of everything. Yeah, and I feel like I'm typically the person that's really optimistic about the episode, but I kind of left this one feeling kind of this meh. But I think it's because the to be continued, and Alan and Nikki have kind of swayed me. I think it was a really solid episode with like a lot of fun aspects. So I liked it. I was watching the clock when it came to this episode and was just kind of terrified of like, oh no, are we going to get like a one minute elimination? Is this elimination going to be like terrible? And because we have the security breach and we don't know who's going into elimination just yet, I'm okay with the to be continued. Like I lived in the Dirty 30 era where we had a Hunter, uh, Hunter Corey elimination where they cut us off midway through the elimination, then showed you the trailer, and you could clearly see Hunter competing in the Daily Challenge. That was the to-be-continued we used to have. This time around, we don't really have that info. We have no idea what's going to go on with this security breach twist. Maybe a mercenary comes out. Maybe anything comes out. We have a week to speculate, and that's way more fun than past to-be-continueds. Totally agree. Security yeah. breach made me immediately think, oh my god, he's coming. Totally agree. I was like, Ashley, you're back again? <laughs> right. <laughs> actually back, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Ashley came back a third time that would be the least surprising thing this season yeah absolutely I mean plus we have another female gone yes and we are going to jump right into that we're going to get out of the way and the news is Lolo Jones quits the challenge double agents and there might be other reasons for it but Lolo Jones is quitting the challenge because she keeps losing. She hasn't won a daily challenge. Nobody's going to let her go into elimination. And because of that, she just quits and gives up rather than keep competing. That's what we saw. She's a loser. She's a quitter. Maybe there's more going on, and I apologize if there is. But from what we saw, just an absolute loser. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. She's like, I came here to compete. They're they're stopping me from getting my, my skull. You know, ooh. These they're never going to put me into elimination. No, they don't want me to get my skull. Ugh, I'm. It's just there's there's no point. No, I'm leaving. Whatever, I'm out. Yeah, she's a huge loser, literally huge. And my thing is, she's like, they're not going to throw me in. I've not won crap like this, that, the other. But historically speaking, and I can only speak on the season before where they had the skulls. But everybody got a chance to go in. She doesn't know she's not going to get a chance. And I understand it would be super humiliating to make it almost the final and they just not get a chance, but she doesn't know that. And she gave the excuse of like, I've got to represent Team USA and I can't do that here. You signed on to the show. On top of that, Lolo Jones is known for being one of the most hated people by like the US Olympic Committee in terms of like the people who compete at the Olympics are like, yeah, she's lame. She's entitled for no reason. She gets off on her looks and it's funny because over in the Olympics, people say, like, yeah, she's only where she is because of her looks. And on the challenge, it's like, oh, she's only here because she's an athlete. <laughs> and both sides hate her. 
it's just, man, that's so lame, dude. And the dig she throws at people and these side-eyed little just passive-aggressive stuff. Like, she said, like, oh, I know this would have been easy a million dollars for me. Oh, uh, these people just drink beer all day. I'm a real athlete. When I mean, it showed Devin, which was hilarious. But Devin's won two challenges this season. You got zero daily challenges. You got nothing. No, yeah. Lolo better shut all the way up because she's talking all this smack and she's like, I could have done this. I could have, should have, could have, what it, you didn't. Okay. That's it. You didn't. And now yeah. you're quitting. So bye. And I have to laugh, you know, Alan just saying like she was saying, you know, compared to the Olympics and this, that, the other. But I love the little soundbite from Darrell where he was like, Lolo's trying to compare this to the Olympics. This is not the Olympics. This is not even apples and oranges. This is peaches and asparagus. I thought that was perfect. Just because you're an Olympic athlete does not mean that translates into an MTV reality competition television show. It's not the same. And what's funny is that she was getting crushed in athletic events, too. It wasn't just, you know, the fun and games type stuff, because she was doing poorly in those. But other girls are just beating her athletically, and that must be a tough pill to swallow, especially because none of these women were college athletes. I mean, Tori Deal was, and Tori Deal also – Similar boat to Lolo Jones this season. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, we're big fans of Lolo here. You can see that, yeah. <laughs> I also love that as she was saying it, everyone's like faces were all different types of reaction faces that you could use for memes for years to go on. Like yep. <laughs> Yeah, I love the cutaway to Corey and the guys being like, these girls are acting sad and they are the happiest they've ever been. Because let's be real. Yes, Lolo is entitled. Yes, she is cocky. But I also think she could do pretty well in a final. Yeah, or like a hall brawl. No one wants to see her in a hall brawl because, you know, she's a literal sprinter. Uh, the, the, nom. Nam, the, the nom scene where he's like, oh, I love you, Lolo. And then he's like, oh, no, 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 not like that, love. I'm not in love with you. I, I like you. And then he kind of was like, I don't know if I like you, even at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was too funny. He was like, a general love. Not even that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, man, that man hates her. It's fun. We do, too. That was literally the meme of the girl taking the drink, where she's like, mm, no, what? Then, then it's like, that was Nam. That was Nam in that scene. And so he long, Lolo. Brosky. Yes, kombucha girl, Brittany Brosky. Yeah, so long, Lolo. Hope to see you never. Uh, moving on, we are going into the daily challenge portion. And in the daily challenge itself, we saw players uh, go grab onto a rope from a helicopter. Uh, they had to grab it at the right time. They had to make sure they had to time it really well. They were on a boat. They were on a boat as well that was uh, moving towards the rope. Good good, good, uh, good note. And as they grab it, they would hold on over water. At a certain point, the helicopter would stop. They would drop from the rope and then swim Oh, what was it? 150 meters over to a finish line. Um, hit the buzzer and the fastest team wins. There were some flaws in this challenge in that they had all the teams going individually without a timer on the clock. So we had no clue who was doing well, really. We could only tell who was doing poorly or based on fan reaction in the crowd. Yeah, totally. And there were there were probably four teams, in my opinion, that I was like, hey, any of those could have won. Um, but we had no clue as viewers because we literally just saw them hang onto the rope, drop, and then swim. Yeah, I like I, I'm sitting at home and I'm like already cheering because I'm like, okay, I'm like I know Nani's got this. Nani, you got this. 
Um, Josh did not got this. I will tell you that now. Josh did not got this. He just couldn't get that rope. Too slippery. Uh, couldn't get Nani's rope either. He wasn't near his he rope at all. He, 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 no, was too he, close. he was oh. too close to Nani. Then he tries to grab her rope for some reason. That was the worst because there were three DQs. Yeah. And that was yeah. easily the worst DQ because not only did he not get his rope, but he knocked Nani into the water. Just was, shot her back in the most hilarious fashion ever. Embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, and like Nikki said, I really thought that Josh and Nani would do well because I recall War of the Worlds 2 and the Swing Purge. Them as a team did really well. Like, they've totally got this. But Josh is just dumb. Simply put. What's funny is that at that point in the game, four teams had gone and none of them had DQ'd. And in my brain, I saw Josh. I was like, this is the guy. Because, like, they kept making a big deal about the rope thing, but no one had DQ'd to that point. So when I saw Josh, my brain was just like, that's the guy that's going to DQ. If anyone here is going to fall off the rope, it's his it's his big body, man. It just wasn't going to happen. And he not only messed up, but in super hilarious fashion, everyone is making fun of him, and he has to completely separate himself. Yeah, and, and not that I don't think that Josh is strong, but I also am curious if that team could have held on to the rope as long as the other teams did until, like, the red buoy. I really don't know. I mean, I feel like Nani could, and I guess Josh is strong, but he's also a heavy dude. That's well, a big I- guy. I was just laughing because it, it's like it kept saying completed, completed, and I'm like, okay, it's weird that they just keep showing me that they finished the challenge. Like I know that they did, and then Josh waddles onto the boat. And I'm like, oh, 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 we're waiting for a DQ. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and oh. we start- and he and he asked production. He was like, wait, wait, so so what happens now? Like we have to go again? He's like, no. That was to go again. Funniest moment of the episode ever. Like not ever, but like man, it when he asked like and he and he got mad like DQ what? It's like Josh, you obviously DQ. He he had the same thing on Total Madness where he uh, dropped that puzzle piece immediately, and then he found out it's like oh you guys didn't give me another piece. Like no, Josh, here's the footage. You dropped it right here, and everyone is laughing at you. Yep. Yep, and speaking of laughing at Josh, as soon as they got back to the beach or whatever it is, Devin was clowning Josh. And Nani was rightfully upset. She said very valid things about Devin, that he's very annoying, he's very cocky. Uh, he just was ragging on Josh. And then it was time for Devin and Gabby to go. And then Devin and Gabby, well, Devin, I should say, he DQs. That was like the perfect moment for me. I, yeah, I, the kismet that, that was involved in that. I loved it. It honestly made the episode even better. Gabby's face hitting the water and just looking at Devin on the boat still was classic. (laughs) I love the Devin and Gabby partnership because it's a very throwback challenge pairing. Like we don't, we don't get a lot of pairings like Devin and Gabby anymore where they kind of hate each other, but also like each other in different moments. And worked well together and it's it's kind of funny it's giving me like like rivals two vibes like i can see them like doing like the the back-to-back photos together you know yes because it's like it's a very authentic dislike yes there are times they like each other but when they go at it they really don't like each other 
And oh. you know, Gabby has been, obviously she's humiliated because the week before she didn't go in and she and Devin were the double agents. And then Devin talks all that smack of everybody around and he's the reason they drop and can't be the double agents for a second week in a row. It was too funny. <laughs> I do appreciate how like, how honest he is though, in that he was like, yeah, that was like, like when they're talking about their fault as double agents, like, yeah, that was 90% my fault. He's like, he's just straight up in the confessional. And when he DQs, he's just laughing and clapping too. Cause he's like, oh man, this is hilarious. I pulled the Josh. <laughs> and that's, that's the difference. I think Devin is a very old school challenger. He has that same mindset of like, I have a storyline. I'm going to keep saying big brother sucks because I got to stay consistent. Yep. And Josh just does not have that mindset whatsoever. And Devin is just crushing him every week. And it's, it's getting a little bit sad to see, but I appreciate it because I've been watching some old seasons recently for an article I'm creating. And I, I kind of appreciate Devin being an old school challenger. I'm, I'm liking, uh, I liked what, what Devin and Josh both brought in, like from like a new school and old school vibe. Cause I, I'm like cheery for, for all the teams. Cause it, like, you know, Cam and Kyle, when they went, I was like, hell yeah, they like, they nailed it. You know? Mm-hmm. And like Leroy and Casey, I was like, nailed it. Yep. I agree. And so it, it was nice to, to finally have a daily challenge where it was like, there was like a little bit of like upset and drama, whereas like Devin mocking others and then getting his just desserts and doing the same thing. And, you know, having people complete it. And having people look like they're having fun. Like, Darrell looked like he was having fun. No, I yeah. agree. And I think you're exactly right. There was such a – it was a nice contrast because I think back to back to back, we had Leroy and Casey, who did really well, and Leroy showcased his newfound swimming skills. We had Cam and Kyle, which were a super strong team, and we had Darrell and Amber, who were super strong. And all three of them – I mean, not that there's not much to say about them. They all did great, but they were very much shown in the same light. And then right after we had flop and then flop. Yeah, we are mean, was anyone else shocked uh, by Amber's excitement after the daily challenge? She was showing a lot of personality. Like, yeah, we did this, guys. We won. Like, we did good as a team. Like, it was that. It felt like a different Amber than we've seen all season. Yeah, finally. Yeah. I'm seeing more of a personality. I think she's got this like red skull personality now, or gold skull. Sorry, gold skull personality now, and she's like, she seems like happier and more like encouraged. Um, as opposed to Josh when he got his skull and he's like, I'm the best. I don't have to worry about defending my skull. I'm good. I feel good about it. No need. I ain't worried. Y- you should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Josh's confidence, especially too, as we saw in the beginning of the episode, in that he has a tender heart to heart moment with Nani and then he but- tries to turn it into something different and like, <laughs> Josh was trying to open with Nani, and Nani shut it down so fast. Like, you're creepy, da-da-da-da-da. And she did it in the most friendly and Nani way possible. And good Lord, Josh took a lot of else this episode. The whole Nani situation, you know, even me as a viewer knew when the season started, even when the season filmed, that Nani was in a relationship. This is information Josh was surely privy to as well. Don't mess up your friendship. Don't mess up your, you know, your partnership. Don't put Nani in that situation. Not that Nani would ever date Josh, make out with Josh, etc. Don't ever put yourself in the category of men that Nani would go for. Because she even was like, maybe I could. And she's like, no, no, no. 
that poor girl, like, I, like, I felt honestly really bad for her in that entire situation. Cause it's like, he'll try and pull it as like, oh, she put me in the friend zone. Friend don't, like, the friend zone does yeah. not exist. The friend zone's not a real thing. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's it. For the friend zone to exist, that, that means that every person in the world that you meet is like somebody that you like, you're trying to get with. Right, right. I mean, yeah, onto that, like, I, I, I agree in some points that, like, Josh isn't in the friend zone. He's in the family zone. He's in, yep. and, like, unless you're in the South, you're not getting out of the family zone. Nope. Stop. Oh. Maybe maybe the South, South. But, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. You forgot Which, to say no offense to Luke. Yeah. I mean, they're both from Florida. Well, they both live in Florida now. They're more Southern than I am, I guess. But, no, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Um, and, and it's also just, like, it just was weird to me. I... I'm going to digress. It just was weird to me. But, yeah, Josh always wrote his heart on the sleeve. And going back to Nani, I think she handled it really well in that moment where Josh and her were on the couch. But I also thought in the challenge she handled it well. She's like, listen, everybody makes mistakes. She pulled a little Hannah Montana. And she also – this wasn't her fault. She was like, no, Josh, it wasn't your fault. Like, I missed the rope. Knowing good and well, she didn't. I think she's a great partner in the aspect of, like, she can take the heat because I think she can mentally handle it, whereas Josh cannot. Absolutely. I also got to say, I don't blame Josh because Nani looked, I mean, she always looks good, but she looked real good this episode. Oh, my God. In her confessionals. There's I thought a scene you meant in the daily. Where I think Luke says she looked ethereal. Ethereal. Ethereal, yeah. Before we filmed this, I was telling him that she, there was one scene when I was watching, oh. I had to pause it and just look. And she looked like an angel, angelic, ethereal, just out of this world. She's gorgeous. And... She made a wetsuit work. I, I like, I think most people look terrible in wetsuits and she, her hair was, her body was looking fantastic. Nani, we love you. She's awesome. And she, Josh, you're too tall for Nani as well because Nani dates guys who are between 5'7 and 5'9 and that's it. Oh, well, shoot. I'm too tall for it. Anyways. <laughs> I guess we can we can transition to another flop from the daily challenge though because and quite literally flop because they flopped in the water. Um, we had another gold skull team, Fessy and Anissa, going oh. in so confident. And I won't. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, even if you didn't watch the episode, I hate to just dog on Anissa because I like what she brings to the show in some aspects, but when they got on the rope, Anissa could not hold herself up and flopped into the water and as she explained it she looked like a turd dropping into the water her words not mine it is true and you know i mean you can't it's like we can really analyze this she just could not hold her weight up but she says ah it's over with i can't do anything about it now like we've just got to move past it and i think that's been anisa's mindset all season, like, yes, they've definitely won some dailies. Absolutely. They've really done pretty poorly in others. And she's just like, well, it's not the final. It's not the final. These are all elements that are probably going to be in a final. You shouldn't be okay with flopping at these. But yet she is. I absolutely agree. It's sort of like in school when you get, like, all those, like, little quizzes. It's like, okay, well, this doesn't matter. It's not going to go, like, it's not going to affect my final mark. Eh, I failed that. It's not going to affect my final mark. And then you, like, get to the exam. You're like, Okay, so I don't know any of this. Yep. Should have, <laughs> should have prepared much better. Yep. 
<laughs> I yeah, I mean, I have a friend who hates Anissa, and every week has been like tracking the, her performance because she's been like last place every single week since they won those first two daily challenges. It's been all time bad at this point, and I just I hate how safe she feels within this Big Brother alliance that honestly doesn't care about her and. Nope. But she's holding herself up like she like is part of them and is this good player. I don't know, man. Like I agree with Luke. There are parts of this game that she brings that's really positive, but I'm not feeling Anissa this season. And maybe it's also because she has a podcast with Tori that is kind of, you know, offbeat a bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, the the vibe is a bit whack. Yeah, it yeah. She just has been all season. And I guess the I guess the team after them that went was not necessarily a flop, but didn't do as well as maybe some of the pre or A4 mentioned teams. But we had Lolo and Nam. This is of course pre Lolo exiting. Yeah. But they do pretty good, but her swimming sucks. And then when they finish, she blames <sighs> it because she lost her boot, and that made her less streamlined. What? Another lost shoe. Another lost shoe on this season, and she's. She's a grown woman, right? She's she's what, like thirty eight? If not thirty eight, yeah. She's she's same age as Anissa. Crying. I lost my shoe, so I lost my shoe, so uh, I couldn't swim as fast. Um, Now, Luke, I thought like Luke is a respectable cross country runner in the past. I was a not respectable cross country runner in that uh, I may have like. Felt my shoe was loose and then like knocked it off to like when I saw someone was like faster than me at the end of a race. And so I just like, oh no, my shoe's off. And then I go to grit it while they run past me because I know I can't beat them. And that's like, that's how I felt Lola was. She like made me knock off her shoe on purpose to have an excuse. Yeah. And even still, thank you for that compliment, Alan. I'm not sure how true that is. <laughs> but even if I had lost a shoe in a race, I would keep going. That would even be more motivation like, oh crap, this might hinder me. Let me kick it into overdrive. But with Lolo, she always has to have an excuse. Uh, and that's uh, even more abundantly clear since she left, as we already discussed, that I just, I'm, goodbye, Lolo. Goodbye. Sayonara. <laughs> Off you go. I'm what not I do, upset. I do feel bad though is that Nam's back is becoming a very, like, it's a, it's an issue. It's a problem. And, yeah. we're, and it's gonna come up big in some way, cause they're, they're telling us about it. Like, they they don't tell you about this stuff when it doesn't matter or when they just want to hide it. Yeah, it's two weeks in a row now because last week when he was digging, he mentioned it, and then you're right. He said, when I was swimming and when I got up, there was something wrong. Yeah, they're they're foreshadowing, I feel. Maybe it'll be he has to play that elimination that Teresa played, and his back is just going to get demolished in it. And I hope not because Nam is – like Devin said last week, Nam is the man. Maybe somebody get. Yeah, maybe somebody gives him a back massage and it gets better. Maybe that's what they're foreshadowing. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, the team that won this daily challenge, though, and you could tell this team did well. Based, this is one you could actually like visually see, like, oh, they're doing well. Was Big T and CT, and yeah, they just, I mean, they got the ropes. And good on CT for losing weight coming into this season because if he didn't drop that thirty, forty pounds, he would have struggled. Getting on that rope. Absolutely. And uh, 
Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like he still would have stayed on because he just has that mindset, but the swim definitely would have killed him. He was just struggling, like, as the way he is now, which is still a pretty big guy. He's a massive human. The fact he can do that, impressive as hell. Uh, his swimming did slow down on World of the Worlds 2. I want to say that. Because CT for a long time was one of the best swimmers and then threw up some garbage times on World of the Worlds 2 that made me wonder, like, is this the same guy? I didn't know, like, all that weight was definitely, like, weighing him down in a swim. Big yeah, T. Well, my bad. Big T. I was just... <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I was just going to say, I think me and Al have the same thought, because it's, like, insane. She beat him in the swim. Yes, and she, she was she was smiling while she was holding the rope, and she beats him in the swim. And one of the funny things She's is, so cute. the thing that Big T struggled with the most was getting herself onto the platform once there. Like, CT was on the platform on top first, because Big T was struggling, lifting herself up, and that was the cutest thing ever. Oh, it was, I love them. She was also one of the only females to, like, beat their partner in the swim. And CT's, like, historically, you know, as I mentioned before, oh, yeah. a great swimmer. So that when you're beating him, that's huge. After the challenge, CT asks Big T, like, where did that come from? She's like, oh, I, I was in the swim team in high school. And, like, was like, where did the rope stuff come? Oh, I took a pole dancing class. It was like a slumdog millionaire situation. It was I like- love it. <laughs> I loved it as well because I don't think we've seen Big T swim on a season before. So us as the audience, we had no clue either. But it just yeah. was, like, such a cute little endearing, like, oh, in high school, I swam a bit. And, yeah, Slumdog Millionaire for sure. I'll, I'll say this as a nerd of the challenge. Uh, she swam in that one, like, challenge, the second episode of War of the Worlds 2. And they gave her the shortest swim because they thought she was weak. Imagine if they knew Big T could swim. Like, that just changes her whole life, man. Yeah. Big T killed it. And it was just refreshing because after 35 seasons of this show... I've watched so many people be like, oh, I play this sport. Oh, I do this. I do motocross. I have a monster truck. I do rugby. And then they get their butts kicked or they don't, or they aren't impressive. <laughs> Big T is withholding skills. She just has aces up her sleeve, and that's just so much different from everyone else. I love to see it. I love their, like, their dynamic is, it's, it's beautiful. It's entertaining. It's loving. Like, just even watching them, like, hold hands to go down to, like, an elimination or, like, over to the, the challenges, it's so cute. And, he, like, they're so supportive of each other, which is obviously something I love to see. Fully agree. This episode, great. I mean, like, look at how much we're talking about this daily challenge. Every little team had a little thing going for them. Going back to, like, Cam and Kyle, when Kyle's like, I think I'm an okay swimmer, and Cam's like, you're a shark. And he threw up the biggest smile in the world. That was just another cute moment I loved. This episode was just chock full of stuff like that. I loved it. Daily challenge raid, I'm giving it a 9.5 out of 10. I wish they showed us the times in the daily challenge. But other than that, every team had their own little dynamic showed. And we're getting to the point in the game where there aren't as many teams left. So we're getting to, like, envision them in a final. Yeah, I spoke with Al and Nikki before this, and I was like, oh, I didn't love it. But then they refreshed my memory. I'm going to give it a nine. It was so, it was good. And it had such like, just cute moments like Alan said, where it was like, oh my gosh, we're seeing the dynamics between these two teams. And it's really special to see. Yep. I'm also giving it a nine and a half. It's, this is why I watch the challenge. It's like, I like seeing these dynamics between teams come together. You know, they're like poking fun at each other. They're supporting each other. And it was, it was definitely, it was a, it was a really good daily challenge. It was like, 
you got to do, you got to get the rope. You have to hang from it. The heights part. And then the swimming, like very classic challenge stuff. I loved it. And that is the daily challenge portion. We will be moving on to the drama portion right now. Moving into the drama portion, we honestly didn't have a lot of drama because most of it was talked about already in Lola Quitting. The majority of it was between Gabby and Amber, who are super passive-aggressive towards one another. Gabby's talking trash. Amber's making, huh, noises, like, type stuff, like, like little passive-aggressive stuff. And what was once a friendship is now not a friendship. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, we had, we talked earlier. We had, we had that moment where Amber slams the door and Gabby's like, I don't want to live in a house with someone who slams the door in my face. And it's like, okay, I get it. I guess. But you do. You do live in a house with someone that slams the door in your face. Um, but we do have Amber, which, oh, wow, we are just calling her Amber now. I remember last yeah. week we were like, are we just going to refer to her as Amber? So we had Amber go up to Devin and be like, you know that I, like, I still love you, man. Like, we're still good, which I was blissfully unaware of. I didn't know these two even had any sort of connection or friendship. I think maybe a little... A little booze no. involved there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. Devin is yeah. one of those people that you're always shocked by who, like, is friends with Devin. And that, like, Big T recently revealed on Instagram that, like, Devin was her best friend. And when they had the voting thing, Big T was genuinely, like, caring about Devin. It's it's wild. Yeah. And, and you know, Gabby was upset that Devin had that conversation with Amber B. Because I'm not ready to call her Amber just yet. <laughs> But I don't blame her. I feel like if I were in that situation and there was a broken friendship, I don't want to say friendship, but like alliance, I guess, but she went to my partner, I'd be like, Devin, why didn't you vouch for me and be like, hey, I know there was a misunderstanding. Like maybe me, you and Gabby should speak. But Devin doesn't think on the same lines as uh, Gabby does. And I think it's in that moment that Gabby says to Devin, like, you're not worried about me getting a skull or my game. You're just worried about your game. And Devin's like, that's exactly right, because that's the name of this entire game. Which, but, as much as that's obnoxious, it's true. But, okay, so, like, not to, like, credit Devin or anything, but Gabby was making out with Fessy last week. Like, that she's she's all problem. like, oh, I can't believe Amber <laughs> B is, like, always, always, always with the, the Big Brother people. You had your tongue in one of their mouths. I saw that it. That is true. That is very true. You guys yeah. say with Devin and Gabby, the great part about their relationship is that they both make great points. <laughs> that you could definitely take either side. And Devin even said that. He's like, dude, you've just been making out with Fessy behind my back and stuff like that. And yeah, that's, that's what their dynamic is so great. There's that scene together where at the beginning of the episode, like Devin and CT are in bed. Like they're like little kids having a sleepover. I know everyone sleeps that way, but it especially looked that way. In that scene, and Gabby's just like pouting, like, "Man, we messed up as double agents." And <laughs> yeah, and I think too, they are a partnership where both people are smart. Like, you don't always have that. You have people that are definitely there to like provide good television, which you know Devin's definitely done the season. We can't take the away from him. You have people there that are just flat out dumb, Josh. Uh, and you have people there that you know are. All of those things encapsulated, and I think that Gabby and Devin can be smart. They can have their dumb moments, but they can also like just be very entertaining, and they show that this episode. Yeah, I think that Gabby is because she's a rookie. Um, she sort of leans on Devin for like game guidance, 
in a way, but isn't super willing to accept it just yet because she's like, okay, but this is how I want to play the game. Like, I want to play, like, an honest game. I don't want to be a backstabber. You know, I don't want to do this or this. Devin's like, okay, but it's it's going to take you a bit, but you, you'll get there. You'll see. Devin saying he made a rookie mistake in his fifth season was, like, brutally honest, but also, like, funny. And I like that CT was like, man, my fifth season, I was making so many rookie mistakes. And I, I actually went, like, through the history of, like, CT's performances. And that was, like, the era when he was, like, you know, murdering Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just like, it's just funny to think, because, like, that was 20 seasons ago and over a decade ago. And that was CT's, like, fifth season. And you compare it to other people's, like, fifth season these days where they seem so like, indebted to the franchise, and the TT was doing that. Yeah, a stark difference for sure. And But it was you're right, it was just very endearing. It's like, yeah, Devin, you can admit that you have screwed up. And I don't want to say, because, you know, you can probably tell from me even talking on this, I don't want to say that I'm on the Devin train, but I'm slowly but surely getting who Devin is as a character, but also a challenger. I feel like I've never gotten that from other seasons. Agreed. And this season, it makes total sense. Total. Yeah. I mean, there there are seasons of characters and players on the show that like I won't like, but there are t- there are times where like I hate bananas like more than anyone. But there are seasons where I'm like, oh, that's that's actually a pretty good banana season. And I feel that way with Devin this season, where it's like he's just undoubtedly been the male star thus far. Like just been carrying drama, gameplay, winning some challenges. Technically, has the most comp wins of anyone. This season, and it's Devin. I think the best thing for his game and, you know, my sanity was that Nicole Z got sent home. She was on this season. My God, we've had four women taken out via non-elimination. That's... You forgot she was there. I can't. I try to forget because, (laughs) oof. She was there for 12 minutes, and then it was 12 minutes too much. Devin couldn't understand her. She needs subtitles. Yeah, to cop off the drama portion, uh, we had one moment that was especially notable, and it was CT after winning the Daily Challenge. Oh, we have more stuff to talk about in the, in the drama portion. Apologies. We have CT in the, just after the Daily Challenge, he wins, and he tells people that he wants to face the goof in elimination. And who is the goof? It's none other than Josh Martinez. And MTV doubles down on the joke by showing footage of Josh looking real dumb, like the dumbest face he's made all season, really mean to Josh, and then tripling down by putting up a graphic, all caps, THE GOOF. I mean, it probably wasn't hard to find that footage. It was real mean. It was real mean. You know, I just said that, like, certain people say certain roles or play certain roles. Josh plays the goof. (laughs) He's the village idiot, the Joker. <laughs> you do like that, like the other side of the house, like the Big Brother players were like, "Oh, you want to face Devin?" Like there was like there's that <laughs> so the argument as well. But, uh, but I, I I thought Josh too. But man, MTV must be paying you a good amount to show up if they're clowning you this hard, bro. Like man. That or he lacks self-awareness, but that's not my place to judge. I'm happy that CT is, like, being open about the fact that he's like, no, like, I, I want an easy gold skull. Well, let me take this this goof out. 
Yeah, I think too many people like to like hate on that idea of like, oh, you want to go get somebody that's small and not your size? Well, yeah, wouldn't you want a guaranteed spot to make the final? Like, I don't need to prove myself until the final. Yeah. And, like, does CT have to prove himself, really? I don't mm, I don't think I don't so. I don't think so. I mean, you really, just thinking about it, though, like, man, Josh is going to be the goof for the next 10 years. He's going to be the, like, like social media is not going to forget this. Casual challenge fans are going to call Josh the goof. And, like, when he's married and he's, like, like when he's 80 years old, someone on, like, in a social media comment is going to call him the goof. And he has to embrace it, maybe get, like, a goofy costume or something, or I don't know. Like, I I don't know what's going to work for Josh, but, man, that that's why I feel bad, because he's stuck with his nickname forever. I didn't feel bad. It was nice to see some, like, Toronto Mandem slang on the challenge. Like, we <laughs> call people goofs all the time. We're like, are you stupid? You're a goof. And, you know, maybe Josh can capitalize on this. Maybe, you know, he can pull a Bananas or a Big Easy. And, you know, the goof. And, you know, he comes on the, yeah, he comes on the next season and it's, yeah, it doesn't say Josh. It says the goof. He can do that with uh, Big Brother stuff, get pots and pans labeled the goof. Yep. You know what, though? I don't feel as bad for him. We're we're working for him. We're marketing for him. We're branding. And he, he, he could go in with Devin. Big Brother sucks, plates and cups, and the goof kitchenware. A, a, a cookbook, a goof book. Ooh! We're on to, we're on to something, yeah. we're on to something. When you goof up, when you mess something up, oh, couldn't throw the ball, I goofed up. Trademark it now. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, Josh. Since I know he's listening. And the last drama portion is the fact that we saw challengers for the first time since the mid-2000s have fun. It was crazy because we never get to see people have like authentic fun anymore. And they were all shotgunning beers. People were playing flip cup. They looked like they're having a genuine good time. Yeah, I, I love. Oh, same. I was like, I wish I were there. I love when CT and Big T came out in their really fancy outfits. And Big T was like, you guys better have fun tonight or else you're not safe tomorrow. And I was like, you know what? That's a good strategy. Like, let's have it. fun on my winning week or else you're going home. Yep. I'm, I I was so on board with it because, like, that's a lot of the reason. So I love this episode so much because it was, like, the Daily Challenge really felt like the challenge for me. And watching the party and have fun, like, reminded me of, like, when they used to have, like, themed house parties and, like, you know, have fun. I miss the – when they got to have fun. They're not, they're not actual secret agents. Stop Agreed. treating them like – they're on Archer. Like, they're not real secret agents. <laughs> so Agreed. I want and to it, see them shotgun beers and, like, Devin could talk about foamers or whatever he talks about all the time. Like, let's do that. Yes, I so agree. And this isn't a spoiler because it was literally in the last promo. But, like, we got a little promo of, like, another looks like a theme party in the future. I'm really excited for that one as well. I'm excited for it. Uh, for the drama portion, I scored this seven and a half. Which sounds low after talking so positively, kind of about it. But the fights and stuff like that were underwhelming. But the fun was. I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah. So that's my that's my drama portion score. What are you guys? Okay, so my score is gonna be a six and a half. I know sounds lower, but it just it didn't give me all that I wanted in terms of drama. You know, 
There was no, like, drinks being thrown, yelling. That's what I needed. Gabby needs to go, like, full UK last and, like, smash some glasses and scream in someone's face. That's what I need. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six, which, like you guys both said, seems a little low, but I felt the same way. There wasn't a lot of drama, which luckily, I don't think this episode necessarily needed that. But on this specific rating, I think a six is fair for me. And that is our drama portion. We're going to move into strategy right next up. Moving on to the strategic portion, we open up with CT, as we mentioned before, saying that he wanted the goof in elimination, yet he can't realize that every week him, Devin, and Kyle are just going after this Big Brother alliance not knowing that it's only three of them. They're banking on other numbers that aren't with them, and Casey, on the other side, is controlling all the Big Brother numbers. She has Josh's number, and Nani's staying loyal to Josh. She's got Fessy's number, and Anissa, for some reason, is loyal to Fessy. And she has Amber in her back pocket, too, and whenever Amber gets upset, you ever notice that in the scenes that she runs over to Casey to talk about it? Yeah, absolutely, and Casey, like, grounds her. And and what, they apparently had Lolo? Sorry, I was just talking about this. I was very... Before Lolo made her triumphant exit, she said, I tried to throw myself in last week, and not even my, like, big brother people would help me. And I've been working with them since the beginning. Now, I'm aware that marijuana is legal in Canada. Was I stoned somehow and misheard her or that's what happened that is what she said that is what she said now is lolo a delusional woman who might have believed this Uh i'm under the impression that yes she is (laughs) lolo worked around them she wasn't working with them uh in high school uh i was with one of my best friends and a girl pulled up in a car and was like, get in. And I got in with them. And then we went to a party. And there's a photo of a party with me with people I don't even know. And we're just, like, you know, known for being a different set of people. And you just see me with a drink all happy. And people are like, and people message like, Alan, you're friends with them? I'm like, no, I, was, I just got in a car and I went in. That's Lolo Jones. She thinks she's their friend for some reason, though. She's like, I was with the Big Brother Alliance. I was a core member. If you had, if you hate them, hate me too. It's like, no, dude, no, no, you weren't. She just hopped in the car. She just hopped in the car. <laughs> yeah, she just, just bobsledded her way into that. Sorry, that's. I know it. That was like sort of off topic. Um, but I think it's pertinent because we were talking about Big Brother, and you know, Casey really does. Alan was saying like Casey has has been on the right side of every single vote, and she's. Don't capture people, especially when it matters. But she's not going to Lolo, being like, hey, Lolo, do this. Hey, Lolo, we're going to get you that skull. Hey, Lolo, girl, guess what? That's just not what's been happening and won't happen because she's gone. Yep. <laughs> and when one of the funny things, though, is that uh, in the vote this week between, you know, Josh and Devin, Devin and them thought they had the votes of Cam and Leroy and that it would be a 7-7 to vote against the Big Brother people and Corey. Uh for whatever, Corey just doesn't, I think, doesn't like Devin, just for whatever reason. I think that's the reason why he's voting against him. And they figured that Darrell was the swing vote. And Darrell and CT, they're people who've been friends on other seasons. They were really close on Invasion. Uh, I know that CT invited Darrell to his wedding, 
but MTV did not invite Darrell to CT's wedding. Like, CT gave them a list of people that he'd be okay with going to his wedding, and Darrell was on the list, and they just didn't invite him because, for whatever reason. Wow. Yikes. I did not know that. Yikes. Neither did I. Bit rude, that. Yeah, I mean, Bananas famously was not on the list because uh, he told Kenny that uh, <laughs> CT got fat and married a stripper, and Kenny said that on an interview, I think it was with Barstool, and uh, he, yeah, that's why Bananas was not at CT's wedding. White men going to do white men stuff, huh? <laughs> hey, but CT's skinny, and they were separated at the beginning of the season. Anyways. So, yeah, that's, I mean, maybe Darrell didn't give him his vote because he didn't get invited to the wedding. I don't know. Uh, it's just funny, though, because there was a scene at the deliberation where they asked Darrell, hey, where are you going? And Darrell's face is like, y'all haven't cared about me all season, and now i got to say where my vote's going. Yeah, I so agree. He doesn't owe them that, quite frankly. No. It's a game. It's a game. And we so often see people like, we had this past loyalty, we had this past alliance. But the game is very much played in the present. They don't need to, like, respect or hold anything for anybody. I'm finding this, like, Corey buddying up with Josh thing a little odd. I mean, Corey sees him as someone he could beat in a final. He's like, hey, Josh, come in here, buddy. Let's go to the final together. Or, 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 like what Devin said uh, in Deliberation, maybe he sees them as, like, a skull. He's like, hey, buddy. Looking real nice, looking real, looking uh, real delicious. That is or so. Maybe they're gonna trade headbands. <laughs> they just might. They might. Speaking of Devin, though, like seeing Josh as a skull, I found it so intriguing that in the deliberation, since we're to that to that part of it, you know, Devin pulled the "I'm a layup card. I'm not gonna win this final. I'm only smart. Uh, you could probably beat me in elimination, but you could probably beat Josh more." I feel like Josh could have totally pulled the same argument. Like, if they just wanted to have, like, a battle of the layups, Josh could be like, well, I, I barely won that elimination, and I've never even been in a final, and Devin has, and I'm just a big, dumbling, or bumbling, mumbling goof. Well, Josh sees himself as better than CT, so that's never going to happen because of that. <laughs> and it's funny because Devin over here, who's won the most comps, and <laughs> Josh, who barely, you know, was struggling to throw in balls, that's the difference of self-awareness. That's just huge. And Devin was killing that deliberation. He was making oh. great points. He's like, why do you want to give me to CT when I could be your meal ticket to the final? And it was like, Nani, even Nani was like, damn, I might vote for Devin. <laughs> so like, he's like, if I didn't hate this guy, he's making great points. Yeah, and like the way that he was like, you know, it's... He's like, I'm not, I'm not a field agent. Anissa and I are not field agents. We're in the van. We're IT. And Anissa's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, when you're making good points. I like that he took Anissa down with him. I like that. He and Anissa was like, yeah. Her eyes got big. She started shaking her head. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not a field agent. Who's the, who's the guy from uh, Kim Possible? Who's the, the guy at the desk? Yeah, Ron, Ron. Devin's like, I'm Ron. No, wait. Wade is the guy like behind the computer. Yeah, he, that's he, that's who he, that's who Devin says he was. <laughs> it was a good I argument. I rewatched all of Kim Possible, by the way. That was perfect. Uh, well, she's our next rookie on the challenge. But no, um, I I just think it was such a great argument for Devin. Like, was it completely accurate? 
Well, yeah, it kind of was, but it also could have been completely accurate for Josh too. But he, like Alan said, Devin at least can humble himself to admit that like, hey, you can do me as a layup just as long as it gets me one step further. Yeah. Don't give a mouse a cookie, bro. That's essentially the story. Uh, The votes come out though, and it is a eight to five to two vote, I believe in that Cam and Leroy burn their votes on Nam and Lolo because they don't want to get, because they know where the votes are going and they don't want to get stuck in the fire. They don't want CT to see that they voted for um, Gabby and Devin. And the five votes to Gabby, uh, to Josh and Nani were, again, Devin, uh, Kyle, Nam, Lolo, person. I'm forgetting. Gabby, probably. Gabby, yeah, Gabby. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Big Brother people, plus Corey, plus Darrell, voted for Gabby Devin. And when CT tells everyone it was 8-7, I just know that Cam and Leroy in their head are like, we did good. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yep. They're both such good players. They are. And and this is, I think, and I could be wrong, so if I am, I'm just going to be wrong. But I feel like on previous episodes, we've not seen them just outright be like, okay, this is who's going in. There's always been some element to surpri- of surprise. But, like, Josh was like, I know I'm not going in. And we had that soundbite from Devin where he's like, yeah, this sucks, but don't count me out because I've taken out Wes. I've taken out Johnny Bananas. And you start to look back at Devin's track record. Yes, they might be a little bit of – well, the Bananas one might be, like, a very simplified uh, (laughs) elimination. But nonetheless, he can say he's taken out Bananas. So he does have that to his name. And I, it's a cool little stat, I guess. Yeah, it, it, I, I liked how he was, like, talking about them like they were, like, legendary Pokemon. He was like, I, I, I caught Articuno, I caught Moltres, <laughs> I just got to get Zapdos now. And it was just, like, that was a baller moment from Devin. Like, it was legitimately cool. Uh, as we know, though, I, also, I think CT himself told them because Devin has been good to him this season. As he said, like, he's been his number one ally. And, like, you probably should tell your number one ally, like, hey, you're going in. I'm going to go in to face you, and that's that. It's a very respectful way to play the game. I mean, not most people wouldn't do it, but respectful in its own right. Uh, Lolo quits, and that leaves a hole in that. Now we've got two male rogue agents. For all this game, we've had, you know, <laughs> we've had extra males because, you know, the females keep dropping off. But now we have males who, like, you know, who are kind of screwed over, and... Someone tells Nam, like, well, Corey's going to get a partner today, and then what's going to happen to you? Because that's two shots Nam doesn't get at a school, and it's troubling. It's The math is, is mathing up. The math is mathing, yes. Math is going to math. It kind of sucks that both the rogue agents are guys without skulls, too. I agree. It leaves a glaring hole in what is to yeah. come. It was, yeah, and we know that there is a security breach. That is what they announce when they get to the elimination. And as we mentioned before, that could mean anything. That could mean that a mercenary is coming back. Like, who who is the most recent male eliminated? Uh, Michi? Was it Michi? I was going to say not Michi, but it could be Michi. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's not Michi because he really... um, well, they might hope it is Michi, if it even is a mercenary, because, like, that's an easy skull. Hey, 
I, I would, yeah, I would love to bring back the easiest person for Devin to beat to keep him in the game. That would be the most <laughs> MTV moment ever. It's like, here you go, Devin. Here's your mercenary. It's Danny Jameson. Right. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, you know, we, we were talking earlier though. I hate a cliffhanger. I hate a cliffhanger. But I think Alan said right at the beginning of this podcast, this is not our typical, you know, final reckoning, dirty 30. This is not the typical, like, cliffhanger. I'm genuinely excited for next week. So am I. Like, I'm buzzing for it. Security reach couldn't mean anything. And, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, even if it's just CT versus Devin and the security breach meant nothing, like, oh, uh, because this person DQ'd, their votes don't count anymore. And <laughs> and yeah. it'll be the same result like last time. But, yeah, as a whole, good episode, though. Really good episode. It for, might be like, I'm thinking a security breach, like maybe they'll show, like, who voted for who to everyone. Mm, mm. That's cool. I even thought that security breach could mean that maybe because Devin already has a skull, his security is now being breached. Oh, like his- good point. Yeah. For strategy, I'm going to give this episode a nine and a half out of ten. It was, you know, there was a lot. Like Devin's talk was great. I thought, I thought they were really playing well. I mean, one of the best deliberations we've seen, even if it failed, it reminded me. It was almost like a not to slander actually, but it was a better version because what Devin said legitimately made sense. Like, if you don't have a skull, you want to face me, and that's like, like I don't know how Corey didn't vote for uh, Josh. No, I absolutely agree. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half for strategy. Uh, well-rounded. Cam and Leroy thinking smart, thinking ahead. You know, they don't. They don't want to mess around with that. And like, you know, CT and Leroy also go back. So there is also that loyalty. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to trail end off what Nikki just said. Very smart on Cam and Leroy's part. Um, they got no heat for burning a boat because no one has to know, quite frankly. And Devin's speech really was good. I, I hate giving this man so much credit, but he really has done great things this season. For the episode, sorry. Yeah. For the episode itself, uh, what would you give the overall grade? I will, yeah, I will give it. I will give it. An eight. I, I feel like we've said this the past two weeks even, and I'm sure that Nikki and Alan have said it weeks before. This has been a solid season, and I just like this was another solid, if not more than, it was definitely more than solid, but this is a great episode. So I'm going to give it an eight. I'm giving it a nine. Nine or nine and a half. Um, yeah, it had everything that I wanted in an episode, except for like a drunken hookup. You know, like, I think this is, this is like the path the challenge needs to go back on. I'm, I, I don't like this whole, let's pretend it's a secret agent movie. I don't think that fits well for the show. Like right now, like total madness last season, they were like, okay, you're going in a bunker. I'm like, okay, but no sunlight and no like outside air makes people go crazy and not like fun crazy. It mm-hmm. makes Kayla hook up with Bear. That's that's the kind of crazy you go. <laughs> so I I really like this as like a stepping stone for the challenge to keep keep going like this. I like this, and I'm I'm amped for next week. This is the part of the challenge that I always love. It's when the cast dwindles down 
and you only have people who are actually either quality cast members or are contending to try and become, you know, fill that role. And it's it's good that all the filler is gone. People are getting featured more. I give the episode a 9 out of 10. I probably would give it a 10 if we got an extra half hour and we got to see the eliminations. I mean, I know I've been saying that TV continued wasn't bad, but that was the only cherry on top we needed. That was just like, it would be one of the funniest episodes I've ever seen. From the goof to Josh getting mad that he DQ'd to getting rejected. I'm just making fun of Josh at this point. To getting rejected by Nani to a little thing I liked was just like, Corey was, had a book open in his bed and I just the visual of Corey holding a book open is funny. And he's been wearing glasses this entire season too to make, I feel like to make himself look smart. And it's like, Corey, that's not you. I, I've seen you, dude. Yeah, I agree. They just looked like they were having so much fun this episode. And that's something that has been like missed, especially in the last like few seasons. I think MTV underrates how much watching people have fun is like infectious to actual fans. Like having a good vibe makes you enjoy what's going on, even if it's like sometimes bad. Yeah, like we're we're in quarantine. We're in lockdown still. I I don't want to see other people also in some sort of lockdown, like miserable and figuring out like what they're going to do with their lives or what next manic move they're going to make. Like that's what I'm doing. I don't need to see that. I want to see them get drunk. Make messes, make mistakes, do the whole magic school bus thing. Yeah, I support it 100, percent and just maybe throw in a couple more hookups, and then I'd be I'd be set on that. 1,000. percent Next week, we looks like we're getting an up all night challenge, or that's what I think it is, based on the trailers this season, and that they're look like they're locked in these little and there's little cages. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the up all night challenge from Rivals Three, where they stood in the boxes. I and loved that one. Sorry. Very good challenge. Rivals 3. A lot of good little stuff in that season, but as a, as a whole, wasn't that great. But yeah, it's, I'm excited for next week. I'm excited for the security breach. They didn't even show us the eliminations either because they don't want you to figure out who's in them. Love that. Love that so much. Love the trajectory the season's on after this week. Last two weeks in a row, it was feeling a bit like it was dwindling down. And now I'm picked all the way back up, even without an elimination, which are my favorite part of the show. Yeah, which I think is a great sign. Like, I full-blown agree. The last two weeks, they feel a little, uh, and I, I'm excited. And like we all three have said, next week we're like, okay, let's get to next Wednesday. So, yeah. I think it goes to show uh, Lolo's out. Yeah. He's back. Lolo Jones is gone. That I'm, I'm after that. If you like the Lily Jones gun, make sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Caffeine Confessionals, uh, on Spotify, CaffeineConfessionals.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Alan Aguirre. Follow Nikki on Twitter at the Nikki Sin. And Luke is going through some Twitter problems. Uh, <laughs> don't tell Twitter he's on there because they might take out his account. Have a great day. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. <laughs>